Hello and welcome back to Enter the Asylum, a podcast where two totally rad bros who try to watch the best Asylum, trademark 1997 films ever made, which is all of them. I'm your tubular host, Ben Jammin. And John. I'm going to put about as much effort into this episode as the uh, filmmakers put into this movie. What are you talking about? Asylum makes only the best films, which by the way... <laughs> I got latest Asylum news. Sharknado 6 announced August 9th. They say it's the last film in the series, which Damn. is sad. I thought they already made a Sharknado 6, to be honest. They come up with one every year, so I, I'm genuinely surprised to learn there's only five of them. Well, that's what you'd say, John. But like me, Asylum's number one fan, I'd know that they've only made five previous films. Ah! You know what? I think you can actually make a legitimate claim now to be Asylum's number one fan. Oh. Okay, um, I think he's dead now. All right, I'm back. Uh, so I'm glad that arc is finally over. Um, I just killed my evil clone. Cool, uh, Benjamin. Oh, That's I. Good. Me, <laughs> really... me, me, and my me and my clone. Uh, he actually wasn't evil. He was actually a really sweet guy. We just kind of chatted for a while. Um, and you know, we went and saw the new Avengers movie. And you know, I, I showed him some other, you know, stuff, uh, some classical movies, and he was actually really sweet. And uh, he he's actually moved on from Asylum stuff now. Um, I think he's uh, he started a a podcast called Wizard and the Bruiser or something like that. I joined it or something. I don't know. That story arc's over now. Don't worry about that. Uh, so today we watched um, Legion of the Dead. A movie I thought from the title was going to be a zombie movie, but nope. Technically, it, I guess so, yeah. No, it's, it's a mummy. A it's a mummy movie. That's the same thing when you get down to it. Not exactly. I guess it's more mystical mummies. Sort of like, yeah. It's it's basically trying to capitalize on the success of The Mummy with Brendan Fraser. A little bit late for that, isn't it, though? Oh, yeah, it's not in the same year at all, but it's... I guess The Mummy 3, maybe? No, no, it, I, I looked up, it's, it wasn't released in the same year as any of The Mummy films. Okay. Uh, but that's obviously the inspir- what they're drawing oh, from for inspiration sure. in this movie. That being said, this ha- might be the laziest film I've ever watched. And that's saying something like all asylum films are lazy (laughs) but there's something there's such gall in doing an egyptian mummy movie and hold on that's not what's that state was happening about just yet oh well i mean we'll we'll get to when we get in the film which will be really soon when we when they state this all right go ahead yeah let's just set it up a little bit first so people understand what's going on go for Um, it one thing I do want to say, I'm really excited to the point when we eventually watch enough silent films where we realize one film, they're just reusing props. Oh, yes. Like every single prop is reused from a previous film. I'm oh, before ab- we get to that point where we can and- notice every single prop. And, and reused actors, too. Yeah. It'll be fun when we get that point. Wasn't the, uh, the scientist police guy the teacher from um, The Source? Uh, which one? The, uh, the, the guy, the, the police buddy. The, no, the I'm like, guy- which teacher? Oh, the, the 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 dad teacher. Okay, the dad the teacher. I, you could have talked about the history guy too. Oh, you're right. No, I. I oh, maybe he is the history teacher. No, I, I didn't notice. It's totally possible though. Um, yeah. So today's film starts off with a motorcycle montage. Which uh, is super t- rad. Two guys motocrossing across the desert. Yeah, of California. At night in California. Of California. Yeah, it's Again. California. 
this is what I was going to say. The gall of taking an Egyptian mummy movie and setting it, not in Egypt, but in, in California, Southern California, and not even like L.A., not even someplace kind of like glamorous, Lancaster, fucking like suburban desert, nowhere, just the most like boring possible place you could mm. have set this. Yeah, so uh, basically just trash music in this background of this scene. Just like the worst sort of mumble, hardcore rock music. All, all Asylum films must open with a cold open. And mm-hmm. uh, our cold open is two guys motocrossing around the desert. Yeah. At night, um, which seems totally safe. Well, they then crash. So, yeah. <laughs> One of them sort of crashes and it's like, that was awesome, dude. Like his, his buddy's like, well, you okay down there? And he's like, kind of shake a little bit. And then he's like doing a thumbs up. <laughs> Yeah, they eventually they didn't sort of just stumble upon an ancient Egyptian tomb, that is for some reason in California, which they'll explain. Yeah, they'll explain all right. Yeah, so they start messing around, and suddenly they then trigger like every single booby trap in the area, and they all sort of stupidly die in goofy, crazy ways. One of them gets impaled uh, with a sword coming out, a spike coming out the floor, and then the other guy, um, I forget. Oh, one of them ha- gets like crushed he gets like crushed rocks. with a rock he gets really like shitty sort of graphic he, he gets like spray yeah yeah it's one of those like instant thing where like the rock like suddenly appears and goes splat over where his head approximately yeah. is watch out rock jpegs i have something funny to say about this cold open mm-hmm. so i watched this last night on my laptop and i had my earbuds and i was just kind of being kind of lazy and i just had one earbud in and the way the sound mixing was on the oh it's bad pre- you can't you can't have earbuds in this film the the sound mixing on this particular uh, uh, version I watched had the dialogue coming in in only yep. one earbud. Same here. Uh, but yeah, but everything else was coming through the other earbud. So I had the one where there's no dialogue playing in my ear. I just had one <laughs> earbud in, and so for this entire cold open, I heard no dialogue. But I heard all the other sound. I heard the soundtrack. I heard sound effects. That was all coming through just fine. And so I'm listening. Probably I'm a better this- film, right? Uh, well, yeah, that was the thing. I was watching this entire cold open, and it reminded me of something I said when we did the Bloody Bill episode, where they kept poorly ADRing in these lines um, that were completely unnecessary to sort of explain what was happening when they were t- when you could see perfectly well what was happening. So I'm just watching these two guys kind of pantomime their like various things. They're like you know like one guy like lights up a joint down in the tomb while the other guy is like taking flashlights and like looking around. And well, dude, you see those titties though. Right. So all so I didn't have any of that. I didn't have any of that dialogue. And the amazing thing was was that I could perfectly understand everything that was happening. And so I got to the credits, and I was like, oh, it's kind of, you know, smart of the asylum. It, you know, they learned. Okay, yeah. And then it wasn't until after the credits that we actually started introducing the characters, and I start seeing, like, mouths move. That I'm oh. like, oh. So I put the other earbud in. I hear the dialogue. And so I go Did back go to watch. Back? The, I yeah. went back to watch that first scene and with, with the dialogue, and it literally added nothing to my understanding <laughs> of what was going on. Um, so... Yeah, thanks, Asylum. Yeah, so then we get sort of another sort of usual Asylum credits, which are all sort of unique, but all the same. 
This one, so yeah, so this one's a CGI credit sequence, lasts like two minutes long, like they all do. This one, though, it's um, panning from one set of Egyptian hieroglyphics, and the hieroglyphics change into English letters, which spell out things like directed by Paul Bales and produced by David Michael Latt. I don't think that's how hieroglyphics work. Oh boy, this whole film is just that. <laughs> This film's all just, that's not how hieroglyphics work at all. I don't claim to be an Egyptologist, but I don't think that's how hieroglyphics work. I don't think it's no. a one-to-one from hieroglyphics to English letters. Nope. Um, so, after this sort of lengthy credit scene that every asylum film needs, for whatever reason, because, you know, you can't just have the credits at the beginning of the motorcycle scene. That'd be like the always place to put them. You know, you need some sort of overly long, unnecessary credits sequence. Every Asylum movie is like a made-for-TV movie, yep. sometimes literally, but even the <laughs> ones that aren't literally have that feel of a made-for-TV movie where you got to have a cold open, and then you got to have two minutes of credits. Yeah, it's not great. So we meet our main sort of uh, a heroine uh, named Molly, who is an Egypt- uh, Egyptologist. 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 Wow. Oh boy. Um, she's come, she's come over to check out the dig site, and we we she's we've been sort of. Cut. But she doesn't know what it is yet. All she all yeah. she's just been summoned to this place in the in near Lancaster. She doesn't know what's going on. Yeah. What she's looking is then they then sort of pan to a bumper sticker on the back uh, of the car that says, <laughs> "Egyptologists do it with their mummies." Mummies. Uh, so, so if you are an Egyptologist, just to be clear, the asylum is implying, no, stating pretty clearly that you do incest. I that mean, is, this is that is yeah. what the asylum is is telling the world. It's very funny. I like how they. I like how they even spent time on it. It's sort of, yeah. I don't know. Also, the the can I say the portrayal of Egyptologists in this film is downright offensive. Mm-hmm. Oh, for all sure. these pe- all these people are terrible. Yeah, yeah, we'll get to that. Oh boy. Um. So yeah, Molly then sort of is exploring a bit, and she walks into argument between a man whose name is Brian Swastik, right? Professor Swastik, yes. Yeah, and then he's talking to two federal agents. Really weird um, name, too, Professor Swastik. It sounds yeah. like it sounds <laughs> like a, it sounds like a Nazi deodorant. <laughs> Um, yeah, the two federal agents warn that he doesn't know who he's dealing with. They sort of leave. No, they're not federal agents. It's just a sheriff. It's Is just it? a sh- oh, yeah. It's, it's just like a, those different people. He's wearing like a cowboy hat. It's just like a. It's just like a sheriff and like and and a guy and like his assistant basically. Mm. So um, he, so they sort of leave after warning him basically. Um, and then Molly meets up with uh, Swastik. And then there's a very awkward attempt at a hug, <laughs> which sort of implies some relationship beforehand. Yeah, these then, two have a history, which we'll get into. Yeah, and they have an awkward conversation that sort of follows. Yeah. Uh, he then wants to show Molly the tomb, uh, which, of course, is still in California for some reason. Mm-hmm. And this is when they do explain that it is in California, which completely baffled me during the opening motocross scene, because I was just like, are they in... Egypt yeah. and, the, needs... and, the di- and the dialogue does not help you with that by the way the so that wasn't that wasn't the mistake on my part that was literally just like where are they yeah she meets up the air students in the tomb um he's checking out the tomb who are also checking out the tomb this also including this one guy who's in his cowboy hat uh, who's this really thick accent whose name I believe is Ari Ben David right 
something like that. He's an Australian guy, but he has this like inconsistent German accent. Mm-hmm. It's weird. And he has like an Australian cowboy hat. Like he's clearly like, and he is actually Australian. He looks Australian. He looks he's he's all crocodile dundied up, but he has this weird German, this vaguely German Central European accent that he kind of just drops halfway through the movie. Well, then he yeah, well he sort of drops it I guess because he's become a mummy or whatever. I don't know. Ah, uh, we'll get. Yeah, to that. so he started checking out on the uh, Doctor David. That's what we're going to call him now. Um, he's sort of messing around with the tomb. He triggers a trap. And then arrow starts fleeing at Molly and then immediately gets caught by, um, what's his name? Uh, who fucking cares? He, he's, he, he's, he's an old flame. Carter. 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 Yeah. He's, an old, he's another old flame of, of Molly's. Also, the, the, he sets a booby trap and all everyone in there is just kind of like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so that no happened. Deal. All right, cool. We're going to do it. We're just going to keep on going. But yeah, Carter just sort of grabs the arrow. It's sort of super chill. Out, out of mid-air. And, so pre- been... and they just press on. like the, and, and there's a whole yeah. group of oh, students. Like you do. A whole group of Egyptologists who are all very horny teenagers. Mm-hmm. Which is not Surprisingly really, so. It's not really the I- image I had in mind of an Egyptologist. They're college students. Who cares? They're all the same. Also, how are there so many Egyptologists in this one place? In California, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there's you, you could you could you know lasso a few like Egyptologists in L.A. It's a huge city, oh, but yeah. this, but I mean, they're all like college students. They're all like, how how do you get this? Oh well, whatever. But yeah. anyway, so they set a booby trap, and they're just like, oh okay, yeah. Well, that's well, <laughs> that's expected, done. I guess. Let's let's keep keep going on. So then Molly meets up with Dr. David, uh, who tells her that apparently the Egyptians had a trade route to California. What the hell? Oh, God. This he doesn't has, make th- any sense. This is what this is a terrible line. So I remember this. So basically he, he says that there had been a theory that ancient cultures in places like Egypt knew of the Americas and well, had so that, some kind of trade route to the Americas. That makes sense. But why did they go to California first and not anywhere else in the world? Well, okay, more than that, the reason he gives for an Australian dude, what's his face, um, Austria German, Australia German uh, guy, uh, uh, um, in, in sort of support of this theory that the Egyptians had contact with the Americas um, and, and knew of the Americas, had a trade route to the Americas, cites the fact that Incas also had pyramids. So uh-huh. two two cultures having pyramids is having those having pyramids it's no coincidence that's I think like the, every alien documentary this it really is it's ancient aliens if i he doesn't even specifically say pyramids he just says like like the incan culture has many similarities to each of too much to be a coincidence there's one similarity between <laughs> ancient egypt and the incan empire and it's pyramids that's and they're not even like built in remotely the same way they're completely different kinds of pyramids it's downright offensive mm-hmm, yeah um he then gives a bunch of generic sort of plot exposition about a priest named antet who thought she was a god and got banished and then cursed some people it's whatever and so they banished her to the west hint hint i guess that's why they took her all the way to california to bury her because um that's as far west as they could get 
I guess so. In the world of this movie, I I, I know why did why didn't they just like like drown her or something? Just like tie a bunch of like stones around her mummy and just send it to the sea. She got banished. She, she that would murder her. She got banished. <laughs> I mean that makes sense. That's not that crazy. Um, uh, yeah. So there's like oh we thought the sea that was mentioned in the story was the Red Sea, but it was actually you know the ocean. Oh. Oh. Wait, the Red Sea isn't the Red Sea east of Egypt? Uh, um... Yeah, the Red Sea. I'm looking up now. The Red Sea. Actually, <laughs> strictly speaking, it's it's southeast of Egypt. If you get, it's east of Egypt. Basically, it's it separates Egypt from Saudi Arabia. They didn't say the Red Sea, did they? I missed that line. Oh, you said the Red Sea. Yeah, yeah. I didn't and say the Red Sea. He, they said the Red Sea. They said the Red Sea. Yeah. Okay. So they pull off that, the. That, that, then that is then that is extra. I, I totally missed that line. If that if that is the case, they really fucked up because yeah. I'm looking at a map right now. The Red Sea is yes, the asylum fucking up. That's east absurd. Of Egypt, it's east of Egypt. Yeah. Um. So they then they then basically rip off the uh t- the top of the sarcophagus. Oh in. God, that's another thing. Like, so there's a bunch of like you know he he just has the students there and. They're all just wearing like plain clothes. They're not like dressed for this at all. If they're wearing like short shorts and like, you know, just like t-shirts and whatnot, they they do not look like you know, archaeologists or you know scientists in any way, shape, or form. And he's just like, well, let's crack crack it open and take a look. Basically, like, th- like which is. Do. Which you like you do when you discover an ancient Egyptian tomb. You're just like, hey, cool. Let's just crack crack open that mummy and you know see what we got. You know, let's not let's not mark anything. Let's not label anything. <laughs> Don't take any let's, photos first. Let's not get any special tools. Let's not yeah take photos or anything. Let's not document this in any way. Yeah, just crack it open. Yeah, well, they do a lot of that, don't they? Also, so I imagine there's more of these tombs elsewhere in California, correct? Nope, just the one, because the, this is specially well, for her. Well, yeah, I know, but also, I mean, they had a trade route, too. Surely these people would have found these stuff out during, like, the gold rush or something, surely? I think the idea here is that Egyptians could only be bothered to come to California specifically to bury this one banished priestess. That mm. was the only reason they came out to Cal- all the way out to California. This is when we see the awesome sort of um, hieroglyph readings where they just sort of point at a bunch of symbols and do, and then he shall not rise and he, they shall attack us if they come back. Mm. Just sort of <laughs> pointing at like 50 hieroglyphs. Oh, by the way, can we talk about how terrible the Egyptian tomb set is? Yeah, it's not great. It's the cheapest piece mm-hmm. of shit. It looks I've... like something you'd see in a high school play. Like it's sort of, yeah. It's sub that. It's it's like it's oh man, it's cheap. It's really really cheap. It's like two rooms. Mm-hmm. And they keep having to play it as if it's bigger. <laughs> um what's great is that uh so why is reading this uh hieroglyphs? Uh Molly in the background like in the corner of the other room was like, "Um actually I think it says this instead." It's like she's like reading this from like half the room. She, she's, a, she's an expert in, yeah. In reading that. hieroglyphs un, under a second. Like, yeah, yeah. Do. Well, she's just the expert. And and a, a, a German Australian man is so put off by this. Yeah. He's, 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 his manhood has been threatened. <laughs> um, yeah. It was, oh, it's like, don't tell anyone about this, too. Molly gets 
accosted and threatened so many times in this movie it's really upsetting she's like she's very like quiet she's very like you know sweet very polite and every single man she meets in this movie and quite a few women too are just fucking assholes to her just over and over and over again it was really upsetting and like it it was kind of like kind of like a a comedy where you have like the awkward girl with like glasses and molly also has glasses so it adds to this image as well where it's like oh you got the awkward girl with like glasses and she's like not fitting in and people make fun of her and everything you had like a million of those like comedies but she's like Um, a successful sort of like leader but 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 in those comedies there's sort of like the girl is clumsy the girl is awkward the girl like and and it's played for laughs and there's like sort of like the girl sort of developing a better sense of herself there's like a payoff in the end where it's like you feel you know fulfilled by you know the journey that the girl the awkward girl takes here it's just painful it's like this is a professional woman and she's just being shit on it every step of the way and things don't really get much better for her by the end of it no yeah so uh it did make me want to wish death on everyone else in the movie though and my wish came mostly true so so, uh carter then asks his molly to come with her to the hotel to check in um and then so they're in a car ride and this we find out that molly carter liked molly but apparently molly then drunkenly slept with swastik her professor her professor that isn't like that's if not at least a fireable offense possibly an arrestable one Hmm. well maybe not arrestable i guess maybe not arrestable maybe not arrestable but definitely fireable i'm not sure it's in the context of being students though it's like because she states that he didn't have a wife anymore so she just felt bad for him or something like that but, but Carter's real pissy now for whatever reason. Even though she also stated that they didn't actually date. So it's yeah, like... Carter. Carter is a fucking twerp. I hate. I hated that little twerp. Oh my god. I. I, oh, I hate Carter's it. all about purity too, by the way, which I, I, which is very important. I hated Mr. Nazi deodorant because he was because <laughs> he was a creep. He was he's 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 a way older guy. He was a professor who slept with his students, completely unforgivable. And then Carter is just this whiny little bee who just like who's just like just like barely talk, just like won't even give her the time of the day. I I I wanted both of these characters to die so much. I can't tell you. You got your wish there, technically. True, true, true. <laughs> um, so then she then calls her sister to bring her some clothing. Uh, her sister name's Kevin. Uh, and so she says like, so I don't know, plot device to make her sister come over. So they have another character, I guess. Why did they name her sister Kevin? I don't know. Why I is sh- this in the movie in the first place? This well, character. she makes. Well, because Kevin comes up later on, but like no, I get Ke- that, but I mean, but like, like, but they have they make a joke, like Kevin makes a joke about it. It's just kind of like, go ahead, I've I've heard them all, like you know, like because her name's Kevin. But why why do the writers include that? I don't know. Why was it important to uh, the writers that she, they named? Oh, this okay, one? I got it. So they they later reveal she's a virgin, and I guess they're trying to sort of play into that sort of thing, maybe. Like, what's the, what's the name boys Kevin don't like do her with... or something like that, maybe. What's, 
what does the name Kevin have to do with that? Well, they're saying it's like sort of a masculine name, or maybe. I'm trying to come up with reasons here. Whether what asylum the writers are trying to go for. I have no idea. Yeah. So later that night, she then sort of discovers something's some new information in the research she's doing, and starts and runs over the tomb. The tomb, which, by the way, we know to be. They all know to be have booby traps. Yeah, I guess she's not just gonna anymore, explore it on her own. Oh no, not anymore. Now they've, they've all been triggered. There's that only one, two rooms, so <laughs> that there's only two rooms, and that one booby trap was triggered. So it's all good. It's all good. Well, a bunch of booby traps got triggered earlier too. In the beginning two. of the film. In the very beginning of the film as well. Two, two booby traps well, were triggered. Could have been a lot more. We don't know. Oh no, we only saw two. I guess so. I mean, like it could have the... been more hidden, but whatever. But we didn't see them. Um, yeah, so then she sort of, like, starts reading off the wall, and uh-oh, she reads some magical enchantments that summon on from the dead. Also, sorry, <laughs> sorry, I have to stay on the booby trap thing. How, again, speaking to the laziness of this movie, how dare you include booby traps in your movie and and do just the laziest booby traps, and only three of them? Yeah. A spear that shoots out of the ground, a rock that falls from the ceiling... And an arrow that shoots out of a wall. It's not really important to the plot, though, to be fair. They don't really care about but it. But why introduce it to begin with? Like, you compared us to The Mummy, which had come out a few years earlier. And the booby traps in that movie are nuts. Yep. And they keep on hitting the whole scarab beetles that, like, devour all the flesh and stuff. Like... They have the the like I think there's something where like acid or like smoke like shoots out like a wall and burns people. There's rocks falling and stuff. It's like it's full to, full of. To traps. be fair, it is only two rooms, so. But but it's not set as two rooms. They have to play it. They have to shoot it to make it look like it's more than two. What I'm saying is, why even introduce the element of booby traps if you're not going to do anything if you're gonna barely do anything with it if you're like because it's egypt tombs tombs need booby traps we gotta get that in there it's like a but we're gonna do, buzzwords but we're gonna do the laziest booby traps and we're gonna do the smallest number of booby traps is what i'm saying like that's how lazy this movie is yeah. how how dare paul bales how the writer director of this movie how dare you think you could have made an egyptian mummy movie you had no idea what you were getting into yeah, it's for sure. Well, I mean, that's every asylum film, but um, <laughs> something about this one just that's more lazy. So, though. Yeah. Um, while she's looking at these hieroglyphs, um, a ho- officer sort of catches her, uh, looking at stuff because she's definitely breaking the entry right now. Not sure. Random security, be- a random security guard who they've hired to patrol the tomb. Not sure why um, she decided to go at night. And not wait till the morning. She was just so excited. She couldn't so. wait. Yeah, so she, uh, the officer brings her to a swastik. That name, though, man. <laughs> Every time I say it. That guy, man. And then we, we cut to the mummy slowly shaking as it begins to wake up. It's like glowing. It looks so stupid. Yeah. And we get a bunch of more pointless drama where swastik is like whining to uh, Molly that's like, oh, I thought you liked me. And she's like, I just want to be friends. I just want to keep. She's like, I, I just want to keep this professional. She's being as like polite as can be, and he's just like, fine. Again, you're a professor, probably like twice her age. Looks like it's, it at least. It, 
it's so fucked up. <coughs> it's this is so many levels of fucked up what's going on here between the two of them. And she has to just take it. She just has to like try to keep a professional relationship going in spite of it. It's so fucked up. You could not do this today, basically, is what I'm saying. You cannot do this movie today and just uh, play John. this off so casually. John, they did this today again, though. Asylum made this film probably again with probably the same plot at this point, honestly. I don't know if you could do this specific thing. I we'll see. I guess we go through, but I'm, I can't. I can't help but feel they probably made. They probably did these. Do these things consistently in these films. Well, this is still the early two thousands when two thousand five. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Um. So then we see the mummy wakes up, and man, there's some shitty effects here. Just the worst. She sort of takes off her like. Um, they're they're not even effects, really. It's just it's just. The, the the mummy priestess peeling off her bandages to reveal just skin. No, no, underneath. no. But then she uh, moves her eyes, and the eyes have the like dumb white eye flash thing happening. Oh, I forgot about that. Yes. Sort of the, the, the like those tiny swords or whatever. Like as if as if light is coming out of her eyes. Yeah, she then runs into the guard who like is like you're naked, and then she proceeds to kill him instantly. Yeah. Like sucks the life force out of him or something, and he turns to a skeleton. Yeah, and then she finds Swastik, and she then proceeds to um, melt him. I guess. Yes, yes, yes. Swastik. Yes. Does. Oh yes. Oh, I was so happy about this. He, she melts his face off. You see, like, you see, you know, it's better. I mean, yeah, she turns into a skeleton, but his face melts off. It's just like a giant, like, sheet peeled off and dangling from the skull with, like, the eye still, like, within and see. It's like, it's a really dumb looking effect, but oh, it felt so good. Watch that guy roast. I like how, I like how when she kills someone, she sort of crushes their cheeks and makes sort of a kissy face when they die. <laughs> yeah. Um. So it's then, it's because they, it's because they all thought they were gonna get some before they before they died. <laughs> One of the uh, female students then finds him later, and for some reason he's under a tarp now. And then she sort of pulls out the tarp, and Swastik's now spooky skeleton. And she screams, "Skeleton warriors!" <laughs> uh, who put him under the tarp? Uh, the the script. Okay. The script wanted a reveal. Mm-hmm. Uh, on later, somehow sneaks off to the hotel, even though it's like, I don't know, at least a mile or something away, at the very least. It's it's like halfway across the county, I, I feel like, because the tomb is in like the woods, and the town with the motel in it is like in the desert. There's like not a tree in sight. It's, yeah, it's got to be at least several miles away. It's just there yeah uh, kevin's also finally arrived with the clothing um yes and on goes uh skinny dipping in the pool and then they sort of this the owner of the motel but why but why though why is she though i don't know shut up we wanted to she just, she just sees water scene. she just sees water and then she smirks and then does like a weird little flop into the pool where it looks like she's just gonna like jump in or dive in or whatnot but then she does this weird like sp- where like she kind of falls and like t- spins around mid fall and just flops into the pool. It looks really weird. 
I don't know. Asylum just want, the writers just wanted to see a nude person, I guess. Which I felt is like, so bad. Yeah. I felt so bad for this actress. I yeah. felt so bad. This is like like this is beneath porn. <laughs> uh, Asylum does a lot though, don't they? I mean, they do. I wouldn't mind. Yeah, I don't know interviewing someone about this, honestly. <laughs> so I'm kind of curious what what the actual process of that even is. If you've been victimized by the asylum, please <laughs> oh, oh, Okay, hold on. We can't say this. No, this is a uh, slander. Oh, now, <laughs> gotta be careful here. If you've allegedly been victimized <laughs> by the asylum, please reach out to us. Oh, this isn't slander, by the way. You can't sue us. Don't please don't sue us. By victimized, I don't mean like I should. I should cover. If you're, if if you've been, let me. If you've been embarrassed by the asylum. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so she gets yelled at by the motel owner, and then um, Molly and Kevin, for whatever reason, tell her that she's with them. Like, I'm not sure. That, I guess... Okay, so the motel owner, yeah, she's this like older, like chain smoking woman who's like screaming, "Hey, get out of the pool!" This is and, a family like, motel. And and Molly and Kevin run out, and they're like, they hear the, they hear the shouting, hear the commotion. They come out, and they're like, "What's going on?" And she's like, "Is she with you?" You need you need to get some clothes on her. It's a family motel, and they're just like, okay, come on. They don't. They at no point do they go like, she's not with us. But no. Yeah, they just immediately go with it, I guess. Yeah, immediately. They don't even object or anything. They're just yeah. like, oh, okay, come with us. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> they do this sort of weird thing, like almost like she's a dog, where she's like, come here, come here, with like holding a towel out. Oh. Um. So they bring her into their room. And um, Molly runs off, and then on then tries to proceed to try and grab Kevin's crotch. Yeah, mm. like Kevin's introducing herself. She this is when she makes the like I'm Kevin. Uh huh. You know, hear it a lot. Oh no, this is one of my favorite. One of my favorite lines happens here. She introduces herself as Kevin, and uh and 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 on it on a tet. Uh, Antoinette. Yeah. Well, okay. So like on a tet. And, and like, and she, she, like, she introduces herself. She understands that Kevin is introducing and saying her name. So then, on Anatet goes, Anatet, and Kevin goes, Annette. And I swear to God, Anatet goes, Okay. <laughs> Good enough for me. Um. Yeah. Okay. So Molly, like, run- this is so she speaks Spanish. <laughs> yeah. So Molly then runs back. And then she's like, oh, I found out um, uh, Antoinette's name. Also, she's gay. She says it with such fury. Also, I found out she's gay. He just gives us a weird look. It's like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, okay. Cool. Ugh. The early 2000s when, you know, it was when being gay was still considered weird. Yeah. What a time. It's, it's, it's she not says it with great. such fury. Fury. It's, it's super amazing. weird, yeah, yeah. Also, she's gay. Uh. Um, yeah, so then Molly talk, starts talking to her and does a bunch of different languages. And then she finds out... Yeah. Then she eventually finds out that she speaks ancient Egyptian, but that language is dead. Gasp. What could this mean? Hmm? Um, so... <laughs> then she somehow then leaves Molly's watch. And goes back to the motel, or rather the tomb. How? She goes. She comes out of a car too. She's just there. She just. She's just there. 
Mine's now so, wearing, okay, goodbye. Now wearing, a, now wearing like very skimpy shorts and a like very small t-shirt. But see, it looks a bit like a pharaoh's getup, though, right? No. <laughs> see what they're trying to do there? No, it no, it looks like it, it looks like uh, a, a Tomb Raider outfit. It looks like uh, a bad asylum film where you get a bunch of college. It also looks like a little bit like the Tomb Raider, but like a bad asylum film where you get a bunch of college students and you're like, "This is how college students dress, right?" Something like that. This this is how the like porn versions of college students dress. Mm. Yeah, so she's somehow back at the tomb again. I think I do remember coming out of a car too, so I guess she drove it there. <laughs> I can only I, assume. I forgot. I forgot about the car. I can only assume she drove it there. And then she started to walk into the tomb, and she's, like, trying to find something in there. That's the, I would have loved it if she got in the car and was like, take me, chariot. Yeah. Had they to don't like do enough command, with her, really. Had, like, try to command the car. That would have been great. That would have added a little levity to this. Uh, I would have loved that. Something I should have mentioned also is that Mal, uh, Anne then states to Molly that, are you the priestess who awoken me? So. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. So Molly's the priestess of the west something like that uh. yeah um and then so david then runs in along with a, another guy who i think is in their guard or something like that uh who then she proceeds to immediately murder and david then begs to spare him in exchange for the souls of four other students this is the australian guy right? yeah dr david okay yes dr david mm-hmm. i guess dr ben david <laughs> yeah this is when uh david becomes the um uh, Benny of this movie. Benny being the character from the Mummy, who uh, uh, is the traitor, um, who uh, can also speak ancient Egyptian and makes the deal with the Mummy. Yes, yeah, so Molly later heads into the tomb and then Melee runs into them, and David's like on the on his knees praying towards her. Right, and then he jumps up and it's like, "Oh, um, you've met my uh, foreign exchange student from Cairo." <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I thought you could help with the yeah, translations. Well, well, Oh, and then he he adds like, huh, "What do you, do you think she was the like resurrected Anatet?" <laughs> That's <laughs> crazy. That's crazy, and it's like no one's and and then and Molly's just like, "No, of course not. That that'd be impossible." But like no one says the obvious thing, which is kind of like. That's weirdly specific. Why did you say that? No one suggested that. <laughs> and then, uh, so we then cut to a crazy party that's happened in the motel. At, I can only imagine at 7 p.m. Oh, yes. Yeah, all the other students are getting drunk and horny. Along with Kevin. Along with Kevin. Um, this party is at 17. Like, I mean, rather at 7 o'clock, though. I- I'm sure it is. Yeah, who knew uh, Egyptian ontologists were so horn dogs? There's a bunch of horn dogs. Oh, man. It's sort of absurd. Think of the damage this movie did to the field of Egyptology. Hey, no one saw it. <laughs> so don't care. don't worry about that too much. I just said think of the damage. I didn't say there actually was damage. <laughs> we then find out Kevin is 17. Uh, so eesh. It's um, not great. Which is, which is why Molly immediately gets her out of the party. She's just like, she's 17. Come on. It makes her, like, drink water to get over the hangover and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So everyone's sort of super wasted now. Well, I guess between this scene, there's, like, a report between the sheriff and his assistant. Reveals that all the bodies died due to massive dehydration loss. But how is that possible? There have been so many deaths that have happened around this, this excavation that they have to keep secret. At no point do they, like, 
call in other officers, like, you know, shut it down or anything. They keep sort of making these sort of, like, generic excuses of, like, oh, we called the governor, but apparently this Dr. David guy is, like, a really big deal, so our hands are tied. But it's just, like... Once it hits the fan, they're still just kind of like struggling with it on their own. They're at no point are they calling other people in to help. Yeah, uh, so one of the dudes from the uh, party uh, is super horny, and he tries to look for some hot babes to hook up with. And then Gaspy then runs into An, uh, who seduces him for some reason. Not sure why she really bothers when she's killing. Oh, because because she needs because she needs the souls of six men. No, why is she bother seducing him when she can just immediately murder him? Uh, because she wants to hide the body, I guess. Okay, whatever. <laughs> Learn to the woods, leave no evidence. Why Why does she care about that, though? She doesn't really seem to care about killing people previously and hiding yeah. evidence. I don't know. You're right. I'm, they just I'm needed adding... another sexy scene I'm, or whatever. You're right. I, like, I'm adding on. motivation. To... She's also, she also gets naked for this scene. Oh, yeah. Which is so offensive i felt so bad for that actress yeah it's it, i don't know it's more asylum uh i don't know problematic asylum i things. hated this movie <laughs> next we get some good old-fashioned text reading where it's thumbs sort of trailing down uh, hieroglyphs just speaking english uh sentences I think this is the point in the movie where Molly says something really, uh, something that really stood out to me. She she's talking to Doctor David, and she's sort of expressing some confusion about what she's seen in the hieroglyphics. And she says, "These hieroglyphics are like no other I've seen. But like most most runes speak of like the the afterlife and like." peaceful terms and they speak of the democratization of of the afterworld but these are very dark and speak of conquest and death now the reason why this stood out to me was because uh, here in LA we have we have there's a big King Tut exhibition that's going on that's that's touring around the world and it's in LA for a few months and I went to see it and my impression and it's all themed around it's all these artifacts from King Tut's tomb, and it's all themed around King Tut's journey through the afterlife. And basically, the picture it portrays is the afterlife is seen as a terrifying place full of perils. And that's why the pharaohs are buried with all this shit, basically to help them on their journey. They're given, like, boats and, like, uh, uh, talismans and and riches and spells and just like and then carvings and all of the like depictions of the world are all about the conquest of nature like it's it's like statues of like king tut riding panthers and and eating crocodiles it's basically like a bunch of shit they put in the tomb so like they basically like if the if the spirits of the afterworld see it basically the you know egyptians could be like yo you think you're hot shit man well our god king he he fucking writes panthers yo you think you could do that you think you're such hot shit our god king he 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 like he spits on crocodiles man you ain't got shit on our king man our king's the fucking best they spoke like that too they they spoke that too, um, 
that's basically like that. That's the thing that struck out to me is that like, wow, ancient Egyptians really don't like animals very much because like over and over and over again, it's all of these depictions of King Tut's dominion, man's dominion over nature. That makes sense. Not just man's dominion, but one man's dominion over nature, over all. So to hear her say like, runes, mo- like. Typical Egyptian runes are about the democratization of the afterworld. That's not what I saw. <laughs> um, I mean, I guess that makes sense because all the gods represented represented as animals or like judging animals, basically. Yes. You know, crocodile is no, the one who weighs the hearts. There's no democracy. I guess in, in the a I guess in a way, they, I mean, they, you know, people they don't vote you in. In terms of dark means, I guess these people who decide if you're worthy, though, which I guess be considered. Yeah, but that's democracy. but that's not a democracy. You have to like prove your worth. Yeah, and you prove your worth by slaughtering animals and showing that you've slaughtered lots of animals. That's how you show your worth. There's no peace. So the idea that like, she's being like, these runes are very dark. They're full of conquest and death. It's I'm like, yeah, I saw a lot of ancient Egyptian stuff. It's got a lot of conquest and death. It's not, un- it's not it's, unusual. <laughs> it's nothing new here. I'm not sure we're so worried about it. <laughs> um, yeah, so then we cut to Kevin, who's currently chilling in her bed, having a hangover, and there's a spooky ghost of Anne pops up. Completely And a snake sound, to... too. It is a rattlesnake sound, and then she sees the spooky ghost, and it's just, or like vision or whatever, goes away. Like, I get a jump scare, goes away, has nothing to do with anything. I guess it's, Does, has, it's to show that has, she's marked her, I guess. Yeah. But we don't know why or anything. It's it's just, it's just there. <laughs> has no effect on the rest of the movie. So uh, later, um, Anne is, uh, proceeds to attack um, uh, Carter, I guess. Or another student, right? And then um, the student then proceeds to stab Anne. Yes. And she, I guess, immediately heals his wound. A student who looks like Carter but isn't Carter, she kills him. Oh yeah, it's. I think it's. I guess he gets the, he gets um, he gets one stab in, but she still kills him. I guess it's the boyfriend to the girl the girl who gets killed. The next scene, maybe the blonde. Yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, uh, one of the female students runs the date uh, David, who is uh just slamming slamming a pickaxe at the wall. She's like hitting the he's 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 uh uh pickaxing the hieroglyphics i'm guessing granted i'm adding this motivation i don't know if this is actually what the writers intended i thought but he was I looking thought, for the onk or something like that i thought the idea was that um he was going to destroy the hieroglyphics to prevent molly from figuring out what's going on and also how to kill antet yeah on on the tet so the student's like dr david what are you doing and david's like you shouldn't have seen this i have to kill you now and he didn't really have have, he doesn't really have to though you shouldn't have come this is this brings up an important question did what how does dr david know all he knows and also did he know he read the hieroglyphs i guess did he know it when he entered the tomb no I assume he just saw her kill the guy and was like, oh, you're the real deal. I'm going to pledge allegiance to you. That's what I'm assuming, at least. But he knows all this. He knows because he read the hieroglyphs, I think. 
And I guess, I guess, and I guess, and also told him probably, maybe. So yeah, David then kills her with the axe. I don't know. It was a little rapey. I felt too. That was quick. It was just he. He just like he's just standing over her, swings the pickaxe, and he it cuts away. Yeah. Believe me, there's way worse in this movie. <laughs> there's some worse in the previous films too. Um, so Molly then heads to the. Um, they have another jump scare thing where uh, Kevin gets out of the shower and then opens the door and Molly's there. And what's weird is um, Molly doesn't knock, even though she's in the shower. Just wanted to put that there. It's just it's just another excuse to have a pointless jump scare. Yeah. Uh, Molly really wants Kevin to leave now, but uh, she does not want to. She wants to stay there for some reason. Even though everyone's sort of dying around her. Everyone is dying, and everyone's response is just like, oh, just keep doing what we're doing. I wonder why people are dying. I'm pretty sure everyone at the party she went to earlier are all dead now, except They're Carter. all dead. They're all dead. So, yeah. Not sure why you even still want to stay here, since they're all dead. And I love this scene, too. Cause then we cut to Carter, and he's writing everyone's names out in hieroglyphics. So... <laughs> So it's like so it's like there's five hieroglyphs, or rather, yeah, there's five, and then right under it he writes Molly. That's not hieroglyphs work. It's you, not you how hieroglyphs work. You don't translate names to, to hieroglyphs. And you use five. But basically, you don't do that. What's ha- What's happened is Molly has given him a note because they had this earlier emotional scene where where Molly says like uh, tells Carter, "Look, I don't know how how many times I can apologize to you." And Carter goes, "How about once?" <laughs> which fuck fuck this guy so much but anyway so molly so he's working on the on a on, on a sheet of hieroglyphics like a tracing so just on a piece of paper and he translates them and it turns out to be a note from molly and basically it's just like i'm sorry for what i did it's not how hieroglyphs work Lo- not, not how molly. they work it's not how hieroglyphs work, but also how did he, how, when did Molly give him the sheet? I don't know. Don't don't think about it. That that's not how they work, though. It's definitely not how they work. But also, we never saw Molly give him the sheet. So how did he get the sheet? He, just, he took it from her bag. <laughs> I don't know. Um, speaking of Carter, uh, and then finds Carter and then attacks him, but is unable to kill him. So he sort of runs off. He runs away. At this point, Molly discovers what's actually going on from the hieroglyphics, and that they she's trying to kill six people, and she's already killed five people. I'm not sure why she knows that. I guess because five people died. Because uh, there's a, a in, there's a depiction in the hieroglyphics of six men. No, no, I meant like, but she thinks like we gotta stop her from killing the sixth person. Oh, you're right. How does she know that five have already died? Yeah, and only five, guess, not six. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Hunk then breaks into the tomb and discovers that David has uh, shaved his head and is sort of I don't know again I feel like his motivations so immediately switch over to like you're the priestess spoken of in the legend I will like you know like follow you that I almost feel like he knew what was going on, like what this was before he even entered the tomb. Like I almost feel like this was his plan all along because he so immediately commits to that. Yeah. Like in the mummy, in in the mummy, what what happens with um 
with Benny is like he 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 knows enough about ancient Egypt that he can like kind of like speak a little ancient e- Egyptian and so when the mummy confronts him he's a coward and like and like just just like opportunistically like offers to help out the mummy guy but like but it's but it's not it it's never implied that he has deeper knowledge than that with this with David in this movie it's so like he's the one leading the 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 excavation of this tomb so it it's almost as if like he has this all planned out um it's absurd <laughs> really i don't know it's the writers didn't care they just want to do the mummy thing again the the writer to be specific, to be exact mm, sure sure i don't know i always think david michael has some sort of secret writing to all of the films uh I'm kind of curious how much he does, actually. I'm going to blame Paul Bales for everything on the, in this case. Go for it. Um, so, Hunk... Sorry. Paul Bale, more like Paul Fails. Oh! Get owned. Um, so, Hunk escapes and then runs into uh, his girlfriend who's killed. And, man, that was some shitty burying. It's, she's barely buried. She, they just sort of made a bit of a mound over her and her hands sticking they just, out. They just... They just scoops a, scoop a little dust on her might as well just kept her in the tomb at that point honestly um so after that uh gets killed and that's the sixth person at this point all the mummies began to wake up and they all immediately travel to the hotel uh how did they get there so fast i don't know sorry i just remembered something that we completely forgot but it is one of the better moments in the movie um this is going way 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 back but when anatet first leaves the tomb to go to the motel david and a couple of his students run in and he screams they they, they see the the empty like where the mummy was now it's it's empty with just a few bandages and he screams where's my mummy <laughs> i forgot about that Anyway, that was it. Yeah, so the mummies have... Uh, oh, by the way, uh, Carter was injured uh, when his, he ran into uh, Anne. Yeah, yeah, just got a little bruised on the arm. How? I don't know. I think he got zapped or something, because it's been like... I don't, know how that, I don't know how that causes that to happen. But suddenly though. the mummies start attacking the hotel, which, again, how did they get there? I don't know. Just, no. are there's, only, there's only two places in Cal- in the California desert. You have to understand. There's this oh. tomb and there's this motel. No, right next and to that's each other. it. That's the entirety of the California desert. I love this. So the miners start attacking and then so they start running out. Um, they start attacking like uh, they're trying to kidnap Kevin who we find out is a virgin. They need a virgin, virgin sacrifice because why not? Um, what's, I love the scene here too because they pack Carter and Carter's injured still and then he drops, dramatically drops in toilet paper he's holding in his hand. <laughs> so it falls to the floor and bounces. It, was, it wasn't Carter. It was another one of the students. Only Carter's earlier... alive now though. So that's been Carter, no, right? No, 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 no. It wasn't Carter. It was another one of the students who had been pounding on the motel office door screaming about getting toilet paper and this had happened a couple scenes earlier so when the mummies attack when the mummies attacks him and he drops the toilet paper that he'd finally got in his home, oh so this is sort of a of. callback then yes okay i missed that completely this was a callback that was totally not worth it <laughs> yeah so the mummies are killing everybody pointlessly I'm not sure why they really they care 
weird effects too. Like these mummies have the power to basically touch a person's, uh, touch a person on some part of the body and rip out an organ at that various point. So at one point there's there's a woman running down the street. Mummy grabs her, touches her back, and rips out her spine. Yeah. And then later on, another mummy touches someone on their chest and then and rips out their heart. So like I guess do. that's a power. I guess that's a power that mummies have. Uh, what's the, what this is the best too though? This is sort of a Birdemic esque uh, scene where Carter then grabs a car. Car's fending off the uh, mummies. A coat hanger. No, no. Well, it's it's a pool. Oh, he's got a pool. He's yeah. got a pool scoop. It's a pool, a pool scooper, uh, and then he then he pool, flings the pool called? scooper. Pool net? It's a pool net. Then he javelins the pool scooper at a mummy, and it goes right through it. With a with a pool net, yeah, with, a, pool with, net. A pla- with a plastic pool yep. net, you know those plastic handle pool nets that can like impale skin, you know. It's, it's continue to show that um, household supplies are still the number one killer. Um, then she she then finds out that the onk is in a tomb. That's the only way to kill her. Uh, they introduce the onk really late yeah. for, for how significant it turns out to be. They introduce that thing way late. Hey, why is the onk in the play, in the same tomb that can kill her? In because uh, the because uh, uh, the ancient Egyptians who banished her knew that some idiots would this would happen, so they you know decided to leave the weapon. Yeah, Kevin gets kidnapped at this point and sent to the tomb because uh, she's a virgin, and then it's virgin sacrifice. Because is isn't all culture the same? Uh, <laughs> all non-Western culture is the same. They all want to kill virgins for some reason. All of them. Yeah. Uh, so Molly later breaks into the tomb, and she's placed dynamite around her that she has for some reason. She has like three sticks of dynamite in her in her bag. Basically, is it? How did she get that? I don't know. <sighs> how did the How did she beat How did the mummies beat her getting to the tomb when she has a car? They have like super speed. I'm I'm not even joking. I think I think literally they I all these asylum movies are, are edited so badly, but I think literally they're trying to imply that the mummies have super speed. Like they could just like boom. Yeah. So yeah. She's But she... they don't but they don't always use it because 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 the script. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh so she's she's gonna blow up the tomb unless Kevin gets to leave. Um David doesn't like this, and he he throws an axe at her, and then Carter some other grabs the axe and then flings it back at David. This, and it chops him down the head, yeah. the skull. Dude, how does Carter even grab that axe in the first place? It's it's the weirdest shot. Okay, I understand grabbing the axe, but the weirdest thing is the way the shot is done. He steps in front, reaches his arm out, and so it's implied. He, he, like okay he grabbed the axe hey this is a callback to the it, arrow scene too but then you hear shing and then oh you're right that is a callback to the arrow scene okay so that that makes sense um but then you just hear but then like his arm is reached out as to catch the axe and then you just hear shing and then switch over to david who's had like a bloody line down his skull where the axe has gone through so they don't actually show him throwing the axe he just sort of gets in the way Mm -hmm. of it and it is repelled backwards (laughs) he has a force field around him Mm. um so mal oh he has oh he has a force field around him that's why he's still a virgin oh ho ho 
Uh, yes. <laughs> no, no, he, but he is a very, but he is a very repellent character. Yeah, nice, uh... nice, 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 nice. Um, so no, but seriously, he sucks. <laughs> Fuck this guy. <laughs> yeah. So mommy then re- tried to reach reaches for the dynamite, and Molly just sort of shrieks and then drops the dynamite immediately. Yeah, like a mommy just pushes her and and she drops the lighter that she was going to use to light the dynamite. Also, that, at this point, um, uh, um. Carter pulls out like a gun, yeah, and starts blasting the mummies. But but it's this like old timey like like miniature miniature like blunderbuss looking thing. Like it's it's like it's like something a pirate would have used. It's got a huge tube. It's like it's like a big flare basically. That's kind of what it is. It's like it's like a flare gun, but it looks really old fashioned. It's like a blunderbuss pistol is what it looks like. Proceed, there's a dumb fight scene that proceeds to happen. It's the usual awkward asylum filming where it's sort of like, I'm going to punch you, but I'm not actually punching you. I'm just showing a clip of the zombie getting punched. And then a rather mummy. It's like, <laughs> they really can't be bothered to do fight scenes in any asylum nope. film. Just awkwardly edit around it and have a bunch of people kind of squirm around. Uh, Kevin escapes but it's a good thing that um, has a virgin detector and finds out that uh, Carter is a virgin. He, she just knows that. Yeah, he just lands on it and she goes a virgin! <laughs> Literally, that's what yeah. happens. Molly then grabs the ankh and she proceeds to attack all the mummies with it. Just more and more lazy. Uh, later, Kevin the runs to the sheriff. And the sheriff's like, whoa, watch out these mummies, and then dies immediately by a mummy. The sheriff's already getting attacked by mummies. Again, at this point, why is he not calling in backup? reinforcements? I don't know. And back up anything? Anything? He's literally getting attacked by mummies, and he's not like, I, I, need, I need backup, I need backup, anything. He's just Mr. Cowboy Sheriff. At this point, Molly's been sort of knocked out, and um, his partner also gets eaten by mummies. Yeah. At this point, he gets pulled out of the car, and he does make some really funny noises when he gets pulled out of the car. He's like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> "Yeah, uh, Molly's knocked out at this point, and um, On has stabbed Carter and killed Carter, and now he's sort of filling the whole sort of, I guess, room with blood, sort of, or some sort of well. And all the oh, mummies yeah, start yeah. start drinking the blood. Uh, and as... Carter is dead. Oh no, <laughs> he's died. Yes, die. Yeah. Um. <laughs> and so yeah, she begins to summon like her father. I think is what they're going for, right? What? Yeah, on father. Oh, oh, the priestess. Yes, the the mummy. Yes, mm. her. Yes, the ancient priestess. Which is I the evil god. Mo- I thought you were talking about Molly for a second. I don't know why. No. And it's and it's just this vague sort of like skeleton-ishy looking monster that you just kind of see like vaguely through like a big cloud of dust for a second. Yeah. Luckily, Molly then stabs Anne, and she becomes skeleton with the onk. With the onk. Yeah, she becomes skeleton. Instantly. Again, the onk was the key to all of this, and it was introduced like maybe like fifteen minutes earlier before this scene. Yeah. <laughs> Look, we we got we can't think of a good way to end this, dude. Hold on, this film's just Bloody Bill. Again, pretty much. It's just Bloody Bill again. Well, mm-hmm. I guess we found out. The times where I got lazy with their films. It's only like the ninth except one. Blood, except I I I actually enjoyed watching Bloody Bill. I had a lot of entertainment value. With now, that. how much Not of that was this. because of the music? A lot of that was because of the music. Also, I mean. 
there was just something insane about like the characters and the way they're portrayed that I could get a love mileage out of that. This is just fucking boring. It's really boring. All these people suck. And luckily, so Molly saves the day. Anne's dead, but tragically, Carter is still dead. Yay! But Molly then tries to revive him using uh, Kevin's blood with the same ritual, which is like <sighs> the worst idea ever because it's evil magics, and it's like you don't know the side effects of that. Also, the the, the way this is shot is really weird too. She takes the the onk, the blade in the onk, and swipes it along. Kevin's well, hand. Kevin's permission too. We but should it's... clarify. Right, right. But the way it's held, I'm talking about the way the way it's shot. The way it's held is it almost looks like she pulls the blade out of Kevin's stomach, like she's holding it like down there. So for a second, I thought I was like, "Wait, what? Like, did she just yeah, pull just that out of her stomach?" But no, it's just her hand. But just the way it was shot, just really unclear. Like so, then Carter comes back to life, and like I get it works or whatever, but it's still like a uh, terrible. It's still yeah, it's still a terrible idea. Don't bring him back to life. It's a horrible. You're idea. better off. You're better off without him. More than also, that. Uh, um, at what know. point? At what point did uh, Molly stop wearing her glasses? And no, like, they fell off. kind of when I think she they st- broke at when, some point during the fight scene. No, 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 no. I mean, like when she started making things up with Carter before the mummy's attack. At some suddenly she's not wearing her glasses anymore. So you know this is where we get to you know show her being you know sexier basically. And then for this last battle scene, she was wearing her glasses, and then they fell off during the battle. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, that's the film. Reminds me a lot of reminds me a lot of Shark to Puss, where the female character who's wearing like glasses and a lab coat in the last like fifteen minutes gets to like take off her lab coats and she's like wearing a t shirt and like takes off her glasses. Man, what's the like, asylum and their hot. hatred of glass glasses? Well Sharktopus is not an asylum film. It's vastly superior than an <laughs> asylum film. I would love to do Sharktopus when we get to that period sure. because just as a just I'd as kind of a that. um just as kind of like a, a sort of like a, a refresher from Asylum films because that's a Roger Corman film actually mm. and that's like that's the good way to do an Asylum film that's actually a really fun movie alright John do you recommend this film no yeah also holy shit no, also, just, watch the, just watch The Mummy with Brendan Fraser watch, watch awesome. Bloody Bill if you want to watch an Asylum film or, or The Source well, Bloody Bill is the same sort of monster movie kind of thing. Yeah, deal. you're right. If you want, yeah, if you want right. to watch that, it's like yeah. the same plot, basically. Basically. Also, the credits have a, a little unique ending bit thing too. Right. So the thing that we mentioned before, uh, where they do the yeah. little jokes, I have it up here, the whole uh, thing, and the disclaimer at, at the end. It turns out they do this for every asylum. Different movie. though, actually. Interesting enough. Little, little different. The events, characters, and firms depicted in this photo play are fictitious. Really? What Any firms? similarities? To... What firms? <laughs> to actual what, persons, the, the, living, the, dead, the, the motel, or is undead, or actual events is purely coincidental and very weird. We suggest moving and/or staying away from scary Egyptian tombs in the California desert. No uh, mummies were hurt during the making of this screenplay, or rather production. Ownership of the motion picture is protected by copyright and other applicable laws. And, uh, Why are you still reading this? The... Go back to the video store and rent another Asylum film. You know you want yep. to. Fuck you, Asylum. I... Fuck <laughs> Damn you. You. Asylum. you tricked me. I'm watching your films. <laughs> Why are we doing this? 
actually. Why are we, Why doing, are we doing this? this? They know. <laughs> that we can we can only lose in this equation. Oh. We can only lose. The gall of doing an, an ancient Egyptian mummy movie and sending it in fucking California. Like, The Mummy 2 could get away with having a lot of the movie not set in Egypt, having it like in London, but there at least they can make the excuse of like, well, they brought a lot of Egyptian artifacts to the British Museum, and so that's when The Mummy gets out and everything. Like, you know, that, like, you set it in a museum, you set it in, like, anywhere. Here, it's just like the same town where they filmed their fucking War of the Roads yeah, remake. Yeah, they couldn't be bothered. Same same place they filmed Bloody Bill. It's the same, like, you know, fucking place. Probably the same place where they filmed all the wood scenes in Bloody... Uh, uh, no, sorry, The Source. The same exact place in the woods where they filmed the, the, the rock scenes from The Source. Um, they And they put a... They put a fucking Egyptian tomb. Yeah, they're just lazy. They just can be it's, bothered. They're today. lazy, but this is like new levels. They couldn't of even like film it. I don't know in like the area, the Death Valley region or whatever. They couldn't even yeah film it in like proper desert. They couldn't even film it in a museum, which would have like e- like Egyptian artifacts or something. Yeah, they just they're just lazy. This, this it's is... obvious how lazy they were this time. This is unforgivable. Like they're always lazy, but this is this is really something. This is really pushing. Yeah, it. This is clear. This is cl- obviously before Asylum had a budget to leave California. I don't think they ever ha- got that. No, that's not true. They go to places beyond How California is it? How is it that that this movie about ancient Egyptian uh uh mummies is not set in in Egypt, and yet that fucking like winter that the fucking like Ice Age movie they did that was like a ripoff of the Day After Tomorrow was set in Egypt. What was it? What was it called? I'm trying. I'm looking it up right now. I think it was just it was Blizzard. Called, it was called like Ice like Age or like or something like yeah. that. Let's see. Yeah. Can't wait to rewatch that one. That one. Um, I'm not gonna be able to. F- that one's that one's, that one's got a lot to talk about. That one's got some terrible CGI, but like that fucking like stupid like day after tomorrow like ripoff is like that, which has no reason to be set in Egypt. Is set in Egypt for a little bit, but then no, they go, they back go to, Saudi like, Ohio, Arabia. It's filmed in Ohio. But it's set in Saudi Arabia and Egypt. I think the very opening very is in, in Egypt, Egypt though, and by sure. the end they go, uh, they they move across Saudi Arabia. Which I count this well, it's probably a vacation, to be honest. I think <laughs> all that stuff in Egypt. It was like actually film. in Egypt is the thing. Assam had but, more of a budget at that point, for sure. This is their only their this this is what I like this is their ninth film, and they're asking me to go back and watch their eight other films they did. But literally none of that movie is actually filmed in Egypt, is what I'm saying. They might got a couple of like stock images of Cairo, but literally none of that movie is is filmed in Egypt. Even the pyramid stuff at the beginning of yeah. that movie. It's more convincing at the very least. Vaguely. Not really. <laughs> My favorite thing <laughs> in that movie is the um, uh, when they tried to get on the train, and it's like an old timey train with like with like the open 
carriage part at the back where you can like go through the door and it's got the little balcony. It's like a really old fashioned yeah. passenger train from like the 1890s, and, it, and yeah. they're they're trying to catch it in modern day Egypt. Well, we're spoiling a little too much about. Oh, this we're not. Here. We're we're either <laughs> never gonna get to this, or we're not gonna get to it for years. It's way, way, way later on in the catalog. Yeah, but that far. movie, that stupid ass movie, is set in Egypt. Has no reason to be set in Egypt, but that's set in Egypt. Your Egyptian mummy movie couldn't be set in Egypt. Yeah, why are we still talking right now? We John? should get. We should probably go back to the Asylum film, and watch film, Asylum which film. is. Hey, shapeshifter. Oh. Yeah, not king of king of the uh, King Kong. I thought we were going to say of king, of the king of the, Kong, the king of the ants. <laughs> king of the hill. That works too. No, it's uh. Yeah, it's the King Kong ripoff they made along with the uh, King Kong but which, film. What, what shapeshifters? Oh, it's some film in between. I don't know about it. It's All called right. Shapeshifters. Check back All next right. week. We'll find out. What What do you think... You know, this comes out next based week. Based on the title, let's take bets right now. What do you think Shapeshifters is a ripoff of? Not necessarily a direct ripoff, oh. but like obviously mimicking something. Okay, so the cover is, the cover is a picture of a devil. So I'm going to assume the shapeshifters can mean some devil creature is going to possess or shapeshifts into people okay. and that kills people. I'm going to go with like it's like gremlins, but with no comedy. Okay. Actually, no, wait. Gremlins mm. with no comedy is um, Hobgoblins, uh, that terrible Mystery Science Theater movie. It actually does have some comedy in it. It's going to be like Hobgoblins, but even worse. <laughs> yeah, All I will right. find out. Um, I'm gonna go bury this body, uh, this clone here. Are you gonna lock it up in, in in a ancient tomb, wrap it in bandages, and leave it with a sacred onk? Yep. Hopefully, I'll I'll set some precautions so if I can okay. I can personally bring it back, okay. and hopefully no one else will bring it back. I don't think Asylum knows about this yet, so <laughs> I don't think they'll ever find out. Wink. Asylum. Right, stop goodbye, everyone. <laughs> Are you listening to this? Oh, hold on. Let me plug one more thing. Uh, I just want to quickly plug the email. Enter the asylum podcast at gmail.com. Send us those emails. Tell, give us your comments if you've seen any of these movies. Uh, tell us what you think. Tell us what you think of these movies. We'll share your opinions. <laughs> uh, no one's sent us anything yet, so you could be the very first person to have your like email written or rather read live. We could also write podcast. your email on this podcast if you want. It'd be po- it'd be yeah, it'd be, it'd be pointless. It. But, <laughs> say it's from you. We could we could we could write it. I'll, we could, we could write it. Say it's from you. I'll and scribble it on a piece of paper. I'll write your comments as as we read it. Let me start right now. Uh, this <laughs> one is from uh, John. Uh, it says, "What's your favorite asylum uh, film?" What is my favorite asylum film? The ones I've seen. I mean, it's probably the source. Mm, Although Mega Shark vs. Giant I mean, Octopus guess, um, is still, yeah, Mega you know, I'm, Shark, I'm still yeah, gonna Shark's go at Mega Shark vs. Giant Octopus, not the sequels. Nope, never. Why did, Why did you do, do that, that to yourself? yourself? You have one good thing, and you ruined it. This is why we can't. Well, have here's nice a good question. Actually, I've been thinking about because there's been a lot of them. What's your favorite Asylum um, heroine? There's more than one. I'm just kidding. I don't remember their names. I don't remember their names. The one, the one who, <laughs> well, the one which who film? Was in which one do you like the most? All right then. Hmm. I don't know. I guess the Surge slash the Source had some fun characters. Though I'm not sure no. they're good characters. But that's part of what made it so enjoyable. All right. I think that's a podcast.
Good night. Goodbye, everybody. Egyptian. Walk like an Egyptian.